Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. So today is a rally. Doesn't sound like much of one right now, but today is a rally. Woo! What are we rallying around? We're rallying around the last seven weeks of the message they brought, He Healed. Guess what, church? It's time to do it. If you haven't already, it's time to do it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, all the messages are free. You can download them. You can do whatever you want. Listen to them and get caught up because the Lord spoke to us the last seven weeks about our purpose, not just our job. It's our purpose to bring people to the Lord by bringing them to the church and then all of us doing our part in the church so they can get saved, healed, and delivered. That's our purpose. One of the main purposes of why we're breathing right now, not in heaven, is because there's other people that need to be brought to the Lord. And since he called the church the body of Christ, we need to bring them to the church. All of us need to be doing our part in the church so these people can get delivered, saved, healed, and delivered before it's too late. Amen. I'm praying that we're like Timothy. We naturally do these things. So, Acts chapter 5. Let's start reading in verse 12. This is after... Jesus ascended to the Father and left the earth. They saw him going up on clouds of glory. And the angel said, why stand ye gazing? This same Jesus whom you see go up is going to come back in the same manner on clouds of glory. And Jesus disappeared and the church began. And here we are today in the church age. So what we're reading here. In Acts chapter 5, Jesus already geographically went to heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. But now the church has been born, and they're in the earth. And we're still part of the same church. So, what do we do now that Jesus is gone? What's up? Jesus is gone. What do we do? Do we just kick back and wait for Him to come back? Or do we have a job? I like to put it like this. It's not a job. It's your purpose. It's your purpose, not just a job. So let's look at this here. Acts chapter 5, this is talking about our church. This, just, this is just 2,000 years ago. We're the same church. Verse 12, And by the hands of the apostles, or we could say the leaders in the church, were many signs and wonders worked among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And to be honest with you, The being in one accord is one of the reasons these mighty signs and wonders could happen. God can work in an atmosphere where we're in unity. Oh, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the anointing of God upon the high priest. Power of God. No wonder the devil fights unity with division and offense and strife and you hurt my feelings and blah, blah, blah. We just need to make outright war against selfishness and touchiness and fretfulness and all this ill will stuff and walk in love because God wants to perform miracles. Verse 13, And of the rest of the people, no man 
durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them, those in the church. And believers were the more added to the Lord, both multitudes of men and women, insomuch that... Thank you. Insomuch that... They brought. Now, wait a second. Guys, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John... All through the, the life of Jesus, it said, they brought and he healed. They brought to him a man blind and he healed the man of blindness. They brought a man that couldn't speak and he cast the spirit out and the, the person could speak. They brought a paralyzed man. He healed him. They brought people that were harassed by powers of darkness and Jesus set him free. They brought, he healed. They brought, he healed. They brought, he healed. We see the exact same terminology after Jesus is gone. It's still happening. In the church age, it's supposed to still be happening. They brought this. This is after Jesus is physically gone. It said they brought who's they? They's us that believe Jesus is still here in the church. He called us the body of Christ. They brought he healed is still in effect because Jesus came back to us in the person of the Holy Spirit. He called us the body of Christ and he said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So no wonder we should be bringing people in faith, believing they're going to get what they got when they came to Jesus. Because he's still here in us. Do you realize this is all hinging on us believing that we are who Jesus said we are? If we'll believe we're the body of Christ and we bring people, we're not talking about come hear a motivational message or, or come be stirred up or come get excited. We're saying come and be healed. Be delivered. We're the body of Christ. We're all doing our part. And when sick people come to our church, we should believing, be believing they're not just getting a motivational message. They're getting healed. Right during preaching, right during worship. Shaking hands with an anointed greeter on the way in. During a prayer line at the end. But none of these things can happen if the rest of the church is not taken care of. We need every member in the body of Christ if they're going to be healed like they were in the church here. Isn't this interesting? The same thing is mentioned in the church age. They brought, read, read it again, read that verse again. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets that at the least, uh, excuse me, on, on beds and couches because they couldn't walk, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Now Peter... He's just like us. The guy made a ton of mistakes. And God's using him. And his shadow's getting people healed. This is not, this is not the geographical Jesus. This is the church. Next verse. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks. And them which were vexed or harassed with unclean spirits, demonic spirits. And they were healed every one. Let's have as much faith in the church as Jesus has in the church. This is after Jesus left the earth physically. We are the body of Christ. We need to believe we are who he says we are. And believe it's so strong that we're bringing friends and families and neighbors and co-workers. Expecting the body of Christ to help them like Jesus himself helped them when he was on the earth. We need to believe it, guys. And say it. And expect it. And we're not coming to church to see what might happen today. We're coming to church declaring what we know God wants to happen. 
We're going to hear the word today. Chains are going to break off of people's lives. Healing's going to show up. Marriages are going to be fixed. Amen. There's, there's people struggling with some tough stuff today. And the church has the answer. You know, one good sermon can do a thousand times better than ten years of psychological counseling. Holy Spirit knows how to get right to the point. Um, turn to Ephesians 4. And as we're turning there, and I know you may need to, you know, pause on that for a second, but can I just ask everybody to stand up who has either been invited personally or brought personally by somebody else to church? If, you, if you're in church, say, because somebody brought you or somebody invited you personally, as opposed to an ad on a billboard, stand up. If you've been invited are brought to church by a person, invited or brought. Yeah, you might have to think about it for a second. I'm standing too because I was. Tony Miles brought me, invited me to church. So just, I'm asking again, yeah, go ahead and stand up. But sometimes you got to think about it because sometimes it's been a long time. Keep, stay standing. If you've been invited, if the reason you're in church today is because you've been invited by somebody or somebody brought you, stand up. Okay, now just everybody look around. That's pretty heavy-duty results right there. Go ahead and be seated. See, we love big events. We love concerts, Christian concerts. We love evangelistic rallies. But it doesn't get any better than you and me bringing people to church. One of the greatest things about that is now they have a personal friend who can help follow up on them, not just relying on the church organization and their departments. Now, everybody who has brought somebody to church, stand up. Invited or brought, are you invited? And they came. You, you, you invited somebody, they came to church, you brought somebody, and I'm not necessarily just talking about in this church. If you have ever invited somebody to come to church, and you know that they came to church, even if it was just for one Sunday, or one day, stand up. Wow, praise God. What do, we, what do we got here? We have amazing potential. If we've done it once, we can do it again. I mean, we obviously like it here, right? Why not bring people? We're here all the time. You can be seated. I wanted to give you a visual on that, church. The power, the potential to get people out of hopelessness into the hope we've received is amazing. I, th I think it's so amazing to think that if I bring one person to church, let's say on July 12th, <laughs> and I'll explain that in just a second. Let's say I bring one person to church on July 12th. That means there'll be one more person in this church than there is right now, providing, you know, some people aren't out of town and all that. But what if everybody brought one person? And actually made a connection with them. You know, bringing somebody is one step beyond inviting. A lot of times inviting does the job, but sometimes it's like, hey, I'd love to take you to lunch after church. I'd love to hang out with you. You can sit with me if you want, get a little more personal. What if we did that? And what if the people that came got their answers? 
sensed the presence of God, got solutions, because we're all prayed up, doing our part, working in the greeting team, working in the media team, working in the praise team, me, me prayed up and ready to preach, or whoever's preaching. Can you see this just multiplying? It can happen. And we really need to be bringing people to experience the love of God that's coming out of all of us, not just the sermon that's coming out of pastor, although they're going to they're gonna hear a good sermon, I guarantee you. But what if, and, and this, is, this is so interesting because I, I try to tell people, I, I write articles, I write songs, I preach sermons, trying to tell them, listen, this worked for me. <laughs> I was in deep depression, bound by demon forces, messed up, just going, I told you I grew up without a dad and all this other stuff had access to my life and I was just messed up. This is what got me free and permanently free more than any prayer or any other thing. And that was diving in to what I knew he wanted for my life. I tell you, I I remember the the depression was so strong. I even thought about going to heaven and it wasn't even, I still wasn't getting any freedom. It was like nothing could make me happy. It was like a demonic attack. It was awful. I couldn't find joy anywhere until I stopped thinking about my problems and realized, all right, if I have to just do this as a good soldier, I'm going to go get people saved. I'm going to bring people to my church. I'm going to pass out tracts. I'm going to go to nursing homes. I'm going to play my music for them. I'm going to preach to them. I'm going to go to the jails. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to help people. And the more I did that, the brighter the light got, the longer it lasted. And before I knew it, I wasn't just free through a prayer. I was free through a change of lifestyle, which meant I never fell back into the depression because my life changed. I didn't just get a prayer and maybe temporary, temporary relief, I got totally delivered because I changed my life. In other words, I just dove into the things of God. Do you know how I dove into the things of God? Do you know how I, I put God first and got out of all that junk that I'm telling you, some people don't make it through. I made it. I'm on the other side. You can't, you can't tell me it doesn't work. Here's what I did. So, Pastor, what do you mean you put God first? Well, what do you mean you just dived into the things of God? I dove in to my local church. And the things of God became more important to me even than my family. And after I did that, my family started getting saved, healed, and delivered when they weren't first. But God was first. Because see, my family needed a a pipeline that was hooked to God because I couldn't help him in my own power. So actually putting God first before my family is the best thing I could ever do for my family. And I just, from that day forward, you know, when we're talking about they brought, he healed, we're in both of those. We bring people to the church, and since we're all part of the body of Christ, we're part of both of them. I, um, some people wonder, why are you so wild? Why are you so preachy and so lift up your hands during praise and worship? Well, when you've been bound like I've been bound, and you've gotten free like I've gotten free, you just don't care what people think anymore. When it's time to praise God, you're going to praise God. When it's time to preach, you're going to proclaim. You're going to preach it. And so I just, I want you to get stirred up. This is not only good for the people you're bringing, it's good for you. I think, okay, we hand it out, and we still have available today on the internet, faithheights.org, 
you can scroll down the home page, we have an Are You Struggling form. And it, and it asks people questions because we want to be able to help you more specifically in our prayers and our preaching and our, our, our articles. It has a few things on there that you can check. One of them is unclear purpose, depression, loneliness, sickness, addictions, uh, other things. Then there's other where you can write what you're struggling with that we didn't mention. And the number one thing right now on the people that have been turning in is depression. But the one right under it by one is unclear purpose. I think they're connected. When you're not sure about why you're here, the tendency to be a little sad is going to be there. I mean, let's face it, if you don't feel like you're doing what you were born to do, you're going to not feel good about that. What, I'm ta- what we're talking about in this message here has a lot to do with your purpose in life. Paul said in Philippians, he said, I'm in a decision time. I think I'm, you know, I'm thinking about departing and being with Christ, which is far better. But then he said, no, he said, but to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. See, we're not here anymore for ourselves. You know, everything in my life, even before I was a pastor, and this is the way it should be with all of us, everything in your life, your career, your, your job, which is fine, your career, your, your dreams out there, and everything you're doing out there, fine. But if that's your purpose, you're emotionally in trouble. That stuff's always shifting. All that we do beyond our part in the body of Christ should be a support to what we're doing in the body of Christ, or you will not have the joy and the peace that you're looking for in all these other areas. You have to go to the one who created you if you want to know why you're even here. Right? You don't go looking around in yourself and what other people are saying and doing. If you want, if you want the peace that comes with knowing your purpose, you've got to look to God. And we're here because He has a plan. And right now, that plan is being a witness for Him. I've said this in previous messages, but this is a very important truth to make sure it's burned on the inside of you. There's some things right now you can do for people around you you will not be able to do when you're gone in heaven with the Lord. You cannot witness to your neighbor. You can't bring your neighbor to church when you're in heaven. You can't go tell your neighbor about Jesus when you're in heaven. You can't, you know, pray the salvation prayer with somebody when you're in heaven. You can't do that when you're in heaven. And I think that's one of the reasons we're going to see some tears in heaven before God wipes away all tears from their eyes. They're going to realize when they see the glory of God in the light, in the power, in the amazing atmosphere, they're going to go, <laughs> I should have told my neighbor. I knew I should have. Father, I should have told him. Are they going to make it? God. It's going to be a tough day to see all that and experience all that and think, you know what, I can't reach him anymore. This is a good message. You can smile. Everything going to be all right. You know why? Because you're not in heaven yet. It ain't over yet. Your neighbors aren't dead yet, hopefully. Right? It's not over yet. How about we cast fear aside, tell shyness to take a hike, and do the uncomfortable, and enter into the sufferings of Christ, and see His glory when it's all said and done. I told you last week, I read out of the book, Brother Hagin said the Lord appeared to him in a vision, and he had a crown, 
And Jesus said to him, he said to the prophet of God, this is a soul winner's crown. Kenneth Hagin said, it was so extraordinarily beautiful, no human language could describe it. And Jesus said, this crown is for all my people, but they're just too busy to invite people to know me, to bring them to church, if you will. I'm, now I'm, I'm adding to it, so I'm paraphrasing the vision. But when I prompt my people to pray for people, they're just too busy to pray. When I prompt them to tell them about Jesus, they're too busy to tell them. And I thought, there's a too busy syndrome going on, and we need to overcome it. Because if we're too busy to do what we are primarily cut out to do, no wonder we're sad like the world. No wonder we're depressed. No wonder there's a gray cloud over our life. No wonder our family's not working. No wonder our kids don't want to serve God. No wonder we're broke. No wonder we're sick. Because we just don't have the faith and the boldness to reach out and take what we know is God's will for our life. It's very hard to believe for the blessings of God when you know you're not doing His purpose for your life. This is one of His purposes right here. Say, say this with me. They brought is not a job. It's my purpose. And, and don't feel like, you know, it, it can't be... You can't be, well, I have to do this if I want to be happy. No, you got to want to do it. And God's not going to make it strenuous, and He's not going to make it difficult. Just live your life with a greater awareness that there's people all around you that would love what you're getting in your church. And do your best. If they say no, you still did your part. Right? If they say no, I'll never come to your church. Well, you still did your part, so you're still going to feel peace and joy because you're fulfilling your purpose. So turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And I want you to notice verse 16. Ephesians 4, 16. And we, we have taught on this for the last seven weeks. They brought, he healed. They brought, he healed. They brought, he healed. They brought, he healed. And it even happened after Jesus was gone from the earth physically. But I wanted you to see this. Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is talking to every member of the church, every member in the body of Christ, and he's talking about Jesus, and he said, from Jesus, the whole body is fitly joined together. That word fitly stuck out to me. You know, you need to find out where you fit. And then not get bored with it just because flash isn't happening every week. Find out where you fit. You know, some people fit perfectly on the landscape team. Of Faith Heights Church. Because if the landscape is not taken care of, guess who's got to do it? Because I will not let excellence slip in our church. And I've done it for years, and I love doing it. We've stuck insulation in the ceilings, put up sheetrock, painted walls. But there comes a time where you got to get a whole team, the body doing it so that, so that everybody can focus on their area and be full in that area. Did I say this the early service or this service, that the Lord's going to reward us according to our faithfulness, not according to our position? In other words, it's not a status thing, it's a service thing that we're rewarded for. I don't believe I'm getting any greater reward for being a pastor of this church than the janitor who's called to be a janitor for this church. David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tabernacles of the wicked. Even a doorkeeper, he realized, was a valuable position. It's not about the position in man's eyes. It's about, are you faithful doing what you're fit to do? 
And so this scripture talks about being fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Say this, I have a part. My purpose is right before my eyes. I'm going to help my church any way I can. Really, the day my life turned around from terrible destruction to where I'm at today is the day I decided to make church my life, not just on the outskirts of my life. What do you mean the church? The church. See, people think of buildings and walls. I'm talking about Jesus said the church is the body of Christ. I had enough sense to know it went beyond the church, but there was a hooking and a, and a rutting in the church that affected the rest of my life. And if you think that's, you know, boring or um, just not really what I wanted in life, you're mistaken. It is exactly what your heart's been yearning for. It's what your children would love if you do it right. I mean, and really, you can't just kind of, you know, go fishing. You got to dive in, man. You got to get into the things of God. How do you know if you're really, you know, just, just, Right where God wants you. Well, where are you in His church? That's on the earth, His things. And this is amazing. It's amazing what it'll do for you and your family. All right, so turn to another scripture in 1 Corinthians 12. And I want to finish up here by saying a few more things about this being your purpose, not just your job. Doesn't it sound more fun if it's your purpose? Well, I got a job to do, you know, I got to go get my neighbors and try to drag them to church. And then I got to do my part in the church. You know, it's my job. Well, that's probably because you're, it's just something you're doing. It's like if, you know, if you have time or, or whatever. So let's read the scripture. We'll close here. 1 Corinthians 12. Now I'll mention a specific date, which I've already mentioned, because this is Rally Sunday. Come on, man, revival's up to us. We're not waiting. We're, we're, we're stepping out in faith. So 1 Corinthians 12, look at verse 12, and then we'll go to verse 14. The Bible says you are the body of Christ. No, excuse me. The body of Christ is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Here's one of your main purposes. You're a part of Christ, which means his mission is now your mission. His purpose is now your purpose. The Bible says, a son of man has come to seek and save that which is lost. That should be part of what's in our life, right? Seeking and saving. In other words, being on the lookout. It's not all about me. It's not all about my stuff. I, I realize this earth life is like a vapor. It appears for a little time and vanishes away. So I better be making sure I'm doing things that affect the next life, not just thinking about this life. You know, it's real interesting, but there's coming a day, very, not very far from now, that we're all going to be very thankful that we heard messages like this that took us out of ourselves. People think this life is just going to go on and on and on and on. I'm sure the people that lived 100 years ago felt the same way. Where are they today? <laughs> Hopefully up, not down, right? So you've you got a, a place in the body, many members, one body. Verse 14 for the body is not one member, but many. And he's talking to Christians in the church at Corinth. Go to verse 18. 
But now has God set the members, every one of them, in the body. And He doesn't do this by overriding free will. He's just got a place for you, and you need to say yes to it. All right? It has, as it has pleased Him. Are you where you want to be? Or are you where He wants you to be? Because sometimes when you're where He wants you to be, at times it feels like that's not where you want to be. I think one of the toughest things is staying where you're supposed to stay when you're tempted not to. I think, it's, I think it's harder to do that than to go somewhere God wants you to go. I think sometimes it's harder to stay where He wants you to stay. Overcome, grow, develop. Right? Right, John. Right. Right, Pastor. I'm talking to myself. One more scripture, verse 27. And band, you can come on up. Verse 27, Paul said, Now, not when you get to heaven, right now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. So stand up with me, church, and let me make this clear because they're going to sing a song as we close here. I want you to say with me, July 12th. Say, say the 12th of July. Say July 12th. July 12th is our official... They brought He Healed Sunday where we are all going to bring somebody who needs the Lord. In whatever area, healing, deliverance, salvation. Every Sunday is a great day to bring people to church, visitors, guests. But July 12th is a super great Sunday to bring somebody to church. So I want to say, you know how Jesus left heaven and came to earth, we may have to leave some pleasurable things or we have to, you know, delete a couple things in the next week or two to make room for this. But let's bring somebody on July 12th. I'm going to teach on purpose. I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't think I've ever taught on it quite like this before, but what are you doing here is my message. People need to know they're not just floating and spinning around in a zone. They don't know where they're going. God's got some words to share with your guests that you're going to bring and you that's going to revolutionize their life. Get them healed. Get them delivered. We'll pray for the sick. We'll have an altar call. I want you to know that we need to bring people July 12th, if not sooner, but for sure July 12th. And let's put into practice. And I heard the Spirit of God say, you've been equipped. And as you step out and do these things, the anointing will come on you. And you'll sense a power from on high helping you to talk to neighbors, bring friends, Invite co-workers. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you the right words to say. And you'll go, why, my, my, my. If I knew it was this easy, I would have done this a long time ago. But the Spirit of God's going to help us. We've heard the Word. We're going to be doers of the Word. And here's the thing. He said, oh, pastor, well, you just want people in your church. You just want people. You better. You know why? Because when they're in this church, they're going to get hope. They're going to get faith. They're going to get healing. They're going to get deliverance. And Carla's going to continue to read testimonies. They're going to come in by the dozens. So really, you can entitle this whole series, No, They Brought, He Healed, bringing people out of hopelessness into hope. I prayed. I said, God, give me a flashback. I forgot what it's like to be hopeless. I don't feel like I'm concerned enough for the people around me. And he gave me a flashback, and it didn't feel good, but it motivated me. I realized there's hopeless people. I've been in hope for so long, I forgot what it was like to be hopeless. There's people all over, smiles on their faces, thinking about committing suicide on the inside. Don't even want to live anymore. There's people all over that would love to hear you say, man, you would love my church. Would you be my guest? I'll take you to lunch afterwards. There's people that would love to hear that from you. Yeah. 
It comes out of me all the time. I don't even think about it. I just keep, you would love our church. Come on, let, let, come on by. You know, we're the one up there, the, you know, the, the one up there across from the fire station. That's what I always tell them. On Patterson, across from the fire station. Oh, I know where that's at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's church, the Bible says that when we do things to this caliber of helping people, the Bible says our depression will leave like the sun coming up in the morning. The Bible says our health will spring forth speedily. These are things most people are praying for. The Bible says if you just get out there and help people, these things would begin to speed up. These victories, these healings would begin to speed up in your life. So can we say this together? I am in the They Brought ministry. My purpose is bringing and serving. Therein is my peace, my happiness, my joy, and my contentment. When you know you're doing work for the king, you're going to feel content about that. And he's not expecting you to make people come. He's not going to, I mean, they may say no, I don't know, but there's always somebody else to ask. And don't feel condemned or in bondage about anything in this man. Just flow, make it a part of your lifestyle. Pray, believe God, invite. When the doors open, bring, ask. And it'll work. It'll be good. You'll love it. I know. There's, there's certain joys I've received that I never would have received if I hadn't invited somebody to church and see them get hooked up in the church. I couldn't buy that joy. I couldn't drink that joy. I couldn't eat that joy. I couldn't go to that joy. It's a joy reserved specifically for what we're talking about here. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.